asked him to join me in uh, in this pursuit, and uh, and he willingly offered his services. So, before we look into uh, our topic today, though, let's pause just and, and pray briefly. Father, in a world that is looking for truth, for answers to difficult questions, we pray that you may use us to easily identify Christ as the hope of the world. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just briefly, before we really start delving into uh, what our thoughts were on the idea of identification, how important is identification to the world? I want to ask you, how important is it to you in your everyday life? Just start popping off incidents where it's important. Yeah, loud. And you're pretty good at that, aren't you, Gary? You're right. Who has my wallet? I don't have it with me. Yes. Okay, start giving me different forms of ID quickly. Driver's license. Credit cards. College IDs. Birth certificate. Passport. Excuse me? Title. Okay, work ID. Excuse me? Keep coming. Marriage certificate. Very important. Name tag. Pin numbers. Briny. That's right. Those express passes. Yeah. Passport. Passport. Let's get a little more technical. Some of you sci-fi people. Screen names. Okay. Screen names. Email addresses. Okay. Those are. Yeah. We got the numbers now. Let's get even more. Hey, we live in a in a world that can easily identify you. Like now. Blood type. Fingerprint. Fingerprint. DNA, right? If the glove, if it don't fit, it don't. You know, you you must acquit. Right? Acquit. What other forms of ID? Okay, signature. Fingerprint. Yeah, the iris of the eye. I think they they look at it and they can identify us. Your hair. Teeth prints, right? Often used in court cases. Dental, right? Excuse me? X-rays. You're writing those down. Hey, you're great. (laughs) Identification. We live in... We did this forum at at our youth group. And I asked kids that were 12 to 20, how many forms of ID do you have on you? Everybody raised that they all had one. Most... 95% 95% raised that they had two or three. And I was shocked that young to have that many forms of ID on them. I propose that 50 years ago, if I would have asked the youth group in our church, how many forms of ID do you have on you? They would have said none. Maybe 100 years ago. It, it's just recent that our world wants to identify people. For some reason, 
this has become very, very important in the world that we live in. There is good and there is bad in that. How about OnStar? Uh, Isn't that in most of our cars nowadays? How about the businesses that put them in their trucks and and they know where their employees are right now? Identification is very, very important in the world that we live in. Mike, could you put the other screen up? The two premises that we have for our forum today are, number one, ID is important to the world, and secondly, to the believer. And our second premise is that identity with Christ IDs the believer to the world. Basically, we split the forum up into two sections. I'm going to be handling how Jesus Christ himself was identified to the world, past, to the world uh, when he was alive, and to us today. And then Mike is going to take over and help us see how that we ought to identify with Christ and be identified as Christ, as a believer, and some of those different things that go along with that. How was Christ identified? Number one, through the prophets. Scripture is full. The Old Testament pointed him out. The believers at that time identified Christ through God's word. The promise of this coming Messiah. Thousands of years passed as believers went by, Abraham, Moses, all of those great men, they never had an opportunity to walk with Christ on the earth. They, they didn't have many of the things that we have to identify this coming Savior. It was the Word of God that identified this Messiah, this Savior, this hope that they were to have. And they believed. Abraham, because of the Word of God, stepped out in faith and followed after him. Christ was identified in time past by the Word of God. Ages passed and definitely the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we can see that happening throughout the Scripture. Isaiah 7 speaks of His birth and what it would be like. That it would be He would be born of a virgin and fulfilled when Mary espoused to Joseph a virgin, conceived and gave birth. That word became reality in Christ. Psalm 2 declared this Messiah to be the Son of God. David saw the Son of God by the Word of God. And in Matthew We remember when uh, Jesus was baptized, God spoke out loud and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, the, the apostles were around and He became identified again 
verbally by the word of God, this is my son, hear him. In days of old, the prophet spoke. When Christ came to the earth, he was identified by the word and by the prophet's words. In Zechariah 9, it was prophesied that he would enter into Jerusalem. That day when people would cry out, Hosanna to the highest. It was an identification mark on Christ. And indeed, it came into reality when Jesus, coming down from the mountain that day, riding upon a colt, an ass, entered into Jerusalem. And the people knew, could identify Him by the Word and by the the actual happening, the prophetic completion of that Word. Christ was identified physically in His day and age. The Scripture said, and the prophet said, He would be of no great form or beauty. And indeed, we believe that was true, that He wasn't a great man, six foot seven, uh, long blonde hair, something that you really would recognize by that. He was an average looking man. There were other physical attributes that Christ took on that identified Him. He was a Jew. Jews have certain characteristics about Him. He came from a certain family, a line. Abraham's son, David's son, and on and on and on. From the tribe of Judah. There were physical characteristics. When Thomas said, when Jesus went to Thomas, feel my hands my side, my wounds. Only then, by seeing and feeling, Thomas then identified Christ by those physical marks that he bore on his body. Jesus was identified in his day and age by the miracles that he performed. The scripture said that his mission in Isaiah said was to come and heal the brokenhearted to set the prisoner free, to set the captive free. And indeed, those prophets who spoke that, it became reality in Christ. And that's how He was identified in that time. Uh, I think of the many miracles that Jesus performed. The blind man healed. He is the one who did it. He's the one who healed me. It's Jesus Christ. The one that cried out, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Uh, Jairus' daughter is sick and he knew Christ was the one, the Messiah, the one who could heal. And so the works that Jesus did in his day, and his ministry was short, we know that it was only three years, but he was identified by the works that he did. He was identified by His resurrection. We know that the Scripture says 500 people saw Him visibly, the resurrected Lord. That's not something to take lightly. If we went to the court system today and you had 500 eyewitnesses proclaiming the same thing, there would be some definite truth proved in that court. 500 eyewitnesses to the resurrected Lord and Savior. The Scripture says 
in Hebrews 1.3 that Christ was the express image of God. Jesus in His day and age, it, it wasn't Jesus alone. His mission was to, to identify Himself with the Father. And He did. He said, I and my Father are one. My Father hath sent me. He identified with God the Father. He looked to that Father, to His Father, for His own identity, for His purpose in life, for His goals, His ambitions. He looked upward to His Father for His own identity. And indeed, because Christ submitted and was and followed the Father's will, it became evident to those people around Him that He indeed was who He said He was. Identity is important to the world. I think we established that this morning just by all of the things that you were able to spit out in a matter of minutes. Identity is important to the believer also. Mike's going to deal with that. Um, I'd like to leave you with one scripture text, and I think it might lead into uh, what Mike's going to talk about nicely, and that's in Colossians 3. And I'd like to read 11 verses. If there were any umbrella of this idea of how important identification is, I, I would like to propose that this would be the scripture text we'd want to use. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. And I like this verse. For ye are dead, and your life is now hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication from out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him, after the image of him that created him. I'll just choose to, to end there. There's an identity crisis in the world that we live in. That's why they're looking so hard to figure it out. Who's who? They want to know who is who. I'm really thankful for many of the forms that have been presented today. And I really believe that this idea of identification goes along with discipleship, uh, some of the other forms that I, I noted. We are being asked to be identified as Christ's. We need to put on the image of Christ, the identity of Christ. The world is seeking, hungering 
for it. And it's you and I who are the believer that need to do that. And so now we're going to go into this idea. Identity is important to the believer. Go to the mic. Okay. So, what are some identification marks, some simple elementary identifications that the world uses to say, that's a Christian? Throw them out to us. Joy. Joy. What? Purity. All the fruit of the spirit. Okay, let's let's start. I want to start a little bit more elementary. We're we're thinking on our basis here. We've been at camp for a week. Let's think real elementary here. What does the people outside looking at the world say? That's a Christian. That's not a Christian. Ron. A cross necklace. Cross hanging around your neck. Cross on top of the church. Um, someone who goes to church every Sunday. Okay, somebody that attends church. Somebody carrying a Bible. Somebody that's a cuss. Okay, their language. No uh, swearing. Honesty. Honesty. Integrity. Maybe even a little more elementary. And there was a comment. Okay, somebody that prays when they, before they eat. Fish. Fish symbol. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Dress. Dress, okay. A nun in a habit, priest with a white collar. Bumper stickers. Bumper sticker. Now they're putting out a bunch of billboards I've seen all over town. God said, you know, this, quote, God. Carrying a Bible. Carrying a Bible. T-shirts. T-shirts. Necklaces, crosses, lifesavers. We've seen them all. Decorations in the home, maybe. Decorations in the home. Like Decorations in the home. Okay. Pictures. Idols. Idols. Statues. Mother. Uh, Saint Mary out in the front yard. Screensavers. Screensavers. Okay. I think we got a lot of really good elementary ones. Um, you know, there's also some issues posing abortion. You know, oh, that's the Christian. That's the religious right. That's these people. You know, you can look at that, the um, uh, more of a peaceful per people, those type of things. Um, the way we dress, the way we, our hair, um, you know, that type of thing. Um, we pretty much identified all those. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just walk around and identify a Christian by saying, there it is. I'm sure we've all went somewhere to a store, to the mall, um, and we've, we've observed somebody. And we said, you know, they look like good Christian people. You know, maybe we've seen the way they handle their kids. Maybe we've seen the way they've dressed. Maybe we've seen that and we think, yeah, that's a good Christian. We've probably all, all done that. And I've done that too. And a lot of times, maybe you'll get in a conversation and you just, yeah, that's a good Christian person. But I've also, we were on a uh, business trip and we were with some people, not that I was familiar with. And I, you know, being alone, we kind of wanted to migrate to some people that maybe had some good Christian values instead of the ones that want to go out drinking every night. 
So we found a couple, and I thought, here's a nice couple, look good, nice dressed. Okay, we're going to hang with them a little bit. Well, about an hour or two later, the language came out. And oops, this isn't a Christian. So the external has definite representation, but I can put on a, a nice shirt, I can put on nice pants, I can put a cross around my neck, I can put a what would Jesus do bracelet on my wrist. What does it mean? I mean, I've seen a lot of kids at school doing a lot of things that Jesus wouldn't do. So we can't focus too much on the external, but we do need to focus some on the external. We need to focus on the internal. And that's what some of more, the deeper, more identification marks that some of you started throwing out now. Let's talk a little bit about that and throw, maybe throw out a couple more of those. We mentioned joy, purity. Anyone else? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. What's some scriptural ones that the Bible specifically says? Turning the other cheek. Humility, love. love. By the love you have, one for another, they will know that you're my disciples. Taking the short end. Short end of the stick. Following the Sermon on the Mount. Following the Sermon on the Mount. Following the Sermon on the Mount. These are all great. And this is where we need to focus our attention on is more on the internal attributes that Christ has told us. In the Old Testament, there was a specific symbol or mark that God told Abraham for all his children to show that they were part of the covenant. That was circumcision, right? That was a specific mark that God made with those people. If they weren't of the circumcised, they weren't accepted. Now in the New Testament, now in the new era, after Christ, there's, a, there's marks. There's certain marks in the Bible that we need to look at and consider. Are those marks, are those identifications showing in my life? Galatians 6, Paul writing, um, verses 12 through 17. As many desire to make a fair show in the flesh... They, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that ye may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world." For in Jesus Christ is neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. As many as have walked according to this rule, peace be unto them and mercy upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. The marks, the identification of us to the world is that new creature. And if they don't see the new creature, what's it all about then? 
They might see a nice dress. They might see the nice cut hair. They might see the externals. But if they don't see a new life and a new creature and the hope that lieth within us, it's all for naught. Again, going back to the form that we had on discipleship and the form that we had a couple years back about witnessing. We can witness and we can preach and we can say it all, but if they don't see the hope that lieth within us, it's all in vain. One of the other really important symbols is the cross. Now, I'm not saying we're wearing crosses or putting crosses on our Bibles or on our church steeples, but if we look in the Old Testament, the cross, in Deuteronomy 21, 23, cursed is the man that hangs in the tree. Let me just read this because it, it, the way it was written is so profound. It's talking about symbols and to- signs and tokens. The word symbol does not appear in the Bible, both in the Old and the New Testament, are rich in symbolism and symbolic language. Symbols, whether objects, gestures, or rituals, convey a meaning to the rational, emotional, and intuitive dimension of human beings. The universal and supreme symbol of the Christian faith is the cross, the instrument of execution. For Christians, the hideous object comes to be a sign of God's love and human beings. The meanings of symbols grow and even change over time. For the Apostle Paul, the meaning of the cross conveyed by the change radically as he viewed Jesus of Nazareth. As a rabbi, as zealous to keep the Mosaic law and to bring others to do so, Paul believed that anyone hung on the tree was cursed by God. Deuteronomy 21:23. For this reason and others, he strongly resisted the claims that Jesus was the Messiah. How could one obviously, under the divine curse, possibly be the Messiah? Only when the risen Lord appeared to Saul did he realize that what appeared to be a curse had been a transformed into the source of greatest blessing. Christ's death, seen through the resurrection, is at the center of the two major symbolic rituals of the Christian faith, baptism and the Lord's Supper. The cross was a symbol of a curse. Now it's considered a basis of our faith in the blood, the love of Jesus Christ. Now we're not looking at that symbol. We're looking at the actions of what Jesus did for us. And that, that symbol is now our basis for hope. The other, some of the other different um, symbols that are out there or marks, identifications of a Christian, maybe the world doesn't necessarily always see them, but the Bible says they need to be there. Some of those identifications might be baptism. You know, now baptism, you ask somebody, are you baptized? Oh, sure, I'm baptized. Everybody's been baptized. It might have, in the premise of the world, is starting to lose some of its identification because it's so liberally applied. But we have the opportunity to explain it and make it what it really is. Baptism, the wine, the blood, those are symbols, identification marks. Communion is an important identification of us as a church, as a body of believers, as a body of Christ. But most importantly, it's the new creature. 
It's our life, hid in Christ, as we read in Colossians 3.3. It's the words we speak, the love we show one for another, you know, the, the deeds that we do, the kindness that we show. Just like when Christ walked the earth, he showed compassion. A lot of times it said Jesus had compassion on them. It was more than he, he cared. It was more than, here's a dollar, go get a, something to eat. He had compassion on them. He did things. He did great miracles, but he had compassion, and he went out, and he helped, and he got involved. He just didn't put the money in the box and expect somebody else to take care of it. Galatians 5.23, the fruit of the Spirit. If they don't see the joy, the hope, the peace the long-suffering, the gentleness, the meekness, the goodness, all those attributes, what are they seeing? Identification marks can grow on you. And maybe we should say identifications must grow on us. They should grow on us. If they're not growing on us, are people seeing the hope that lieth within us? I just want to read that verse in my portion to close with, and then we'll turn it back over to Brother Mark. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. If they don't see the new creature, the outward appearance is nothing. If they don't see the hope that lieth within us. And if they're not asking what that hope is, maybe we need to relook and rethink in our own lives. If they're not asking, maybe I'm not showing it. Maybe I need to go back to the fruit of the Spirit and say, where's my love? Where's my joy? Where's my peace? Am I not wearing that badge of honor? I'm more worried about whether my shirt collar's buttoned or my tie is black and my shirt is white. Let's look at the fruits of the Spirit and say, are those showing so people will look and ask what is the hope that lieth within us? Just a few final comments to wrap things up, and then we'll have Brother Mike uh, close in a prayer. Most of us are of the older generation, and uh, we're looking out and we see the young people dressing certain ways and maybe wearing the what would Jesus bracelet do and uh, the cross on their neck. And, you know, we're so concerned about them because of what we see. But I'm going to propose to you that they're doing what we do. Focusing on external identification marks and not that new man. We need to look at ourselves, brothers and sisters. Are we the image of Christ to those around us so that they would see Him, not the external man, and that they would then desire to put that image on too? That's what Jesus practiced in His life. He and His Father were one. We're called to be like Christ. And that's what we want our children to do. I'm not going to tell my children, do this external thing that looks like Christ. No, be like Christ. 
Put on the new man. Identify with Christ. That's all we have. We appreciate your participation, you coming. And now the real, the real part of the form starts when I go home and begin to identify those things in my life that need to change that I might reflect Jesus Christ in a greater fashion. Brother Mike, why don't you have a prayer? Let's all stand and pray together. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful that we have this opportunity to come to camp and to spend time in thy word, Lord. But Lord, we pray that this opportunity would be more than just a looking on the outward, but it would be looking at each and every one of us on the inward, that we would look and see, Lord, what, what you have for us, that you would cut away those things that hinder our walk with thee, that you would help us to focus our lives, that we would reflect but thee only, Lord, that we would be willing to take up our cross and follow thee, that that would be our identification, that we are willing to bear in our bodies the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ, that if it means suffering for thee, we suffer for thee, if it means joying in thee, Lord, we will joy in thee. And if it is peace and love and compassion that we can show this world, Lord, we pray that you would help us not to look at the externals and look at the things that don't matter as much. They do matter. They don't matter as much as what the new creature that's in us and the hope that lieth within us that others would see and desire that hope. Help us, Lord, that we could all grow in thee and grow in the knowledge of thy grace and grow to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ Jesus our Lord that others might want this great gift of grace that we have. Again, we thank thee, Lord, and we pray that you would help us to make this real in our lives. In Christ our Savior, amen.